tryna get that e And welcome to AATB Draft Talk on a new night. Uh, technical difficulties last night. Um, I am happy to be joined by our AAT Birds writer, Adam Mack. Um, very happy to th- uh, you can join us. We're going to talk Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft that he re- released earlier this week. Uh, there's a lot of things with that and something that ties into an article that you wrote for uh, the website. So definitely um, going to be an interesting episode here. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Um, super excited to write for you guys and have the opportunity to come on the show. So talking about Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, um, I'm going to run down the picks. Um, first pick, of course, is, you know, no brainer, Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's kind of a, you know, for me, it's absolutely no brainer. You watch the pro day that he had with Urban Meyer, just like super close, like, you know, front seat uh, for, uh, for them to watch. So, um, I, I don't think he goes anywhere different. Um, so that, that's a no brainer. And then, you know, second pick, he went to jets with Zach Wilson, uh, from BYU. Um, you know, that, that's a, that's a weird area. And now my co-host Tommy and I, we always, you know, talk about this because where do they go? And it's interesting that he put quarterback here because there's so much talk about Sam Darnold, um, and how, you know, talking about trading him. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on the you know the Zach Wilson to the the Jets that uh, Jeremiah dra- uh, mocked there? Definitely, when it comes time for the draft, this second pick is going to determine the flow and how the draft's going to go. This is going to let you know if quarterbacks are going to come off quickly, or if you know you could see a quarterback drop out of the top ten. It's this is how important and crazy this draft is going to get super early on. I'm actually not thrilled with the pick. Um, putting Zach Wilson to second. I don't think he's the second best quarterback. Um, my top quarterback right below Lawrence is actually Justin Fields from Ohio State. I've kind of seen from previous years, you know, you have a quarterback, a new, you know, a new GM, uh, a new head coach. Joe Douglas has only been there for a year or two. You know, they have a new head coach. Yeah, Sam Darnold was horrendous with the Adam Gase scenario. I think the best thing for him and for the franchise is to part ways. I think he's an excellent quarterback, but I definitely think the Jets have to go quarterback here. Just the best thing for the franchise. But I really think they're going to go Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. In yeah, so that that's interesting because you know you're looking at the next two picks for Jeremiah. He has Miami taking Jamar Chase from LSU, so he has Miami going the receiver uh, there picking. Uh, Jamar Chase, um, which is an interesting pick. And then mm-hmm. with number four, which was a little surprising to me, he picked for Atlanta, he picked quarterback Justin Fields for Ohio State, which yeah. uh, you just mentioned how he's your uh, second-rated quarterback. So, you know, with those two selections, now Jamar Chase gives another weapon for Tua, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the best best players on the board. So that I, I, I can see that. I could see him going early. I can also see a player later in the, in the draft that Jeremiah has – I you know I haven't seen him this low in any mock draft. Uh, Devontae mm. Smith, um, I can see him going that spot too. But Jamar Chase, you know what he did, uh, we talked about it. But the Justin Fields pick to Atlanta seems a little interesting. 
I'm not a huge fan of it. I truly don't think Atlanta's going quarterback here. Um, I think Matt Ryan still has a little bit left in his tank. I think Duffkins should at least for next year or two really invest in him, really invest in the team, and try to make one more run at it. You know, he's a very, very good quarterback. You have Julio Jones, who's a generational wide receiver. They can build around their defense. I think I saw a stat at one point this season. If they were to end the game after the third quarter, they would be 11-5 and five and be in the playoffs. Their defense was horrendous. I think you take a defensive player, take Micah Parsons, uh, Sertain, Farley, someone to booster that defense here. Don't give up on Matt Ryan right now. He's too good right now. He has a little bit left in his tank. You know, I'm shocked and, if they will go quarterback here. And there's a lot of money tied to him as well. So you mm-hmm. have a huge, you know, huge financial responsibility there with Matt Ryan. And like you said, like the offense, they still have pieces. You still have Calvin Ridley. You still have Julio Jones. You know, Hayden Hurst. You, you have, you know, players. And that division, I'm not gonna say it's up in the air. I know Tom Brady and everything uh, with Tampa, mm-hmm. but New Orleans, you know, Drew Brees is retiring. Carolina, what is Carolina? So there's a lot of um, potential there with Atlanta. Um, then the next two picks, uh, Cincinnati, Penesul, which you know, get Joe Burrow some protection. Right. Uh, the best offensive for me, the best offensive offensive tackle in the draft. Um, so for Cincinnati, it gets a – for them, it, it fixes something. And I know I, I've talked about it. Uh, it gives you where, you know, you did draft Jonah Williams, but is he a guard? Is he a right tackle? There's a mm-hmm. lot, you know, you know, with him. I just don't – I don't think he fits on the, you know, out, outside, um, protecting the blind side. But, like, uh, Penesul, I think Cincinnati – I know people have mocked Cincinnati with receivers, but – you know, in DJ's mock here, Penny Sewell really makes a lot of sense just because of the protection aspect of your franchise quarterback you drafted last year at number one. Right. I mean, you need to protect Joe Burrow. The wide receivers are going to be useless if he has no time to throw to him. He's getting hit every play. He's a proven that he can play. Protect him at all costs. He's already had a very serious injury his rookie season. Going to definitely hurt his mobility going forward. Protect him at all costs. Give him time in the pocket to throw to his receivers. Give T. Higgins a little bit more time. Give A.J. Green a couple more years. Protect Joe Burrow. It ha- this has to be the easy pick for him. I'd be surprised if they go any other route. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then the next pick, we have, of course, the Eagles, which we're going to get into. I don't want to get too into it right now, but he has Daniel Jeremiah has the Eagles picking Kyle Pitts from Florida. I know it says tight end, but let's just face it. He's a playmaker. You can you know, throw that so. tight end and just make it athlete. So we'll get into that pick uh, after we run down this mock and go over a little bit there, just kind of, you know, really dig into the Kyle Pitts aspect of it. Um, but then after that, Detroit Lions, he has them picking Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. Um, one of our other writers and uh, Jason Sullivan, who always tunes in, is a big Lions uh, Lions guy. I don't know if I want to call him a fan. I know he's uh, he may you know get a little upset if I call him a f- super fan just mm-hmm. because of the way Detroit has you know portrayed their teams recently. But uh, Micah Parsons, yeah. 
Penn State. So I, I thought this was a little interesting, but then I you know thought about it and one superb playmaker on defense uh, can do anything um, that you ask him to do on defense. I know they had you know Gerard Davis who hasn't been hasn't lived up to um, what they thought when they drafted him out of Syracuse and. Mm-hmm. I, I know edge rusher is something that Detroit needs, but I feel like it's a little bit of a reach to go this high to pick an edge rusher. So Micah Parsons, I think it checks a lot of the boxes and it's very interesting that G, uh, DJ has him, um, you know, this high up in the draft, especially with everything that came out, mm-hmm. which if, if it's true, if it's not true, um, but just feel like his stock's going to drop a tiny bit, but for him to go at uh, number seven seems to be that it's not dropping all that much. No, I think I think he's an excellent pick for him. Like you like you pointed out, he checks a lot of different boxes. He was originally recruited to Penn State as a defensive end, so he has experience. You know, obviously, high school offensive linemen and NFL offensive linemen are two different breeds of people. You know, he, like you said, checks a lot of boxes. He can drop back and as a linebacker, he can rush the passer. Is quick off off the ball as anybody in this draft. There's always the issues of his off-the-field issues, his character issues that could see him fall. But if you only have him drop in the seven, how bad the stuff is it really going to be? We're a few more months away from the draft. What was Tom Sewell a couple of years ago with the gas max the day of the draft? Yeah. I mean, anything can, can happen between now and then. So, But if the Lions can get him at seven, if they overlook the – the character issues. I mean, they're getting a steal for him at seven. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, to run down next few picks, um, Carolina, he has him uh, choosing Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, the quarterback. Uh, Denver, cornerback Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Dallas, cornerback Patrick Sertan, the second out of Bama. And then the Giants, he has him picking Greg Rousseau out of Miami. So what's interesting is you still don't see Jalen Waddle, you still don't see Devontae Smith. In those crop. Now, I know Carolina with the quarterback, uh, they have quarterback questions uh, this offseason. The two quarterbacks go off the board with Denver, since there really isn't a quarterback there for them Mm -hmm. to take. And Dallas, which is, you know, I know you've mentioned it about, um, you talked to me, you talked about the C.D. Lamb aspect. They need a corner. Last year, they got Trevon Diggs in the second, but something that was too good to pass up and – Sertan is that, and the Giants getting a pass rusher. Um, but out of those four picks, who's kind of the the one that you know um, basically caught your eyes there? It's definitely, I think, um, Dallas taking Patrick Sertan. It's Jerry Jones. I'd be shocked. I don't think they're holding on to this pick. Um, I actually think they're going to trade back a little bit because they don't have a huge need at cornerback. They have a real big need at the defensive line. I think they have an opportunity to trade back, get some tr- uh, capital, which they are missing, and probably still have an opportunity to get Rawasu um, or even a linebacker, bunch of different picks. But it's also Jerry Jones. He could draft trade up to the second pick to draft Patrick Sertain again. The second pick, it's can never really doubt Jerry Jones sometimes, but they have such a big need on both the offensive and defensive line that if Jerry Jones is smart, he needs to address early. Yeah, I and 
I don't think Dallas will pick a receiver. I know everyone was kind of like, well, what happens if they go out and they just pick a receiver again? They trade one of the other receivers that I said, oh, you're just – Jerry Jones, don't hold it against them. But, you know, it, it, it could happen. If, if he likes someone there, someone drops to him, you never know, which, you know, for Dallas, I'm uh, as an Eagles fan, it's not – I try not to think about the players that they select just because um, I'm not a fan of Dallas. But then the next – group of picks are i think that's one of the most interesting group of picks that um mm-hmm. i'm gonna say in this you know daniel jeremiah mock draft which we're breaking down uh san francisco rashawn slater at northwestern offensive tackle uh then the chargers wide receiver jalen waddle alabama and then minnesota wide receiver Devonte smith out of alabama and then new england J, uh, cornerback jc horn out of south carolina so I'm going to throw it to you because you mentioned it uh, before we came on about the Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and, mm-hmm. you know, the Minnesota aspect of it. Go ahead. I honestly don't believe either team between the Chargers or the Vikings are taking a wide receiver right here. The Chargers, you know, are pretty, have some pretty good wide receivers and not pretty good, like, weapons for Justin Herbert. I just don't think they're going to address it right now with some other bigger needs, especially at offensive tackle. But if Slater is off the board, maybe they pull the trigger to get Justin Herbert some more weapons. So it's not crazy. I think if Slater's there, you have to pick him up. Same thing as what happened in Cincinnati. Protect Herbert at all costs. Can't afford to get your new prize possession hurt early on in his career. But the Minnesota Vikings taking Devontae Smith makes zero sense to me. Adam Thielen is still there in the middle of his prime. Justin Jefferson had the best season as a rookie wide receiver ever, breaking the all-time great and Randy Moss. They have such big needs on defense. I guess Devontae Smith is there and Heisman Trophy winner. But don't get fooled by that. Just because he won the Heisman Trophy doesn't mean he's a guaranteed star in the NFL. Ask the Cleveland Browns and Johnny Manziel. I think I can. I see Devontae Smith possibly dropping in this draft to the right team. Minnesota is not the right team. They have too many needs on defense. If they want to make a run to the Super Bowl, you got to take players that are going to help you, not fix problems that aren't there. Exactly. And, but, you know, it's it's interesting because it lines up. Um, pretty well and after that you know arizona offensive offensive lineman elijah vera tucker um who i see him more possibly as an interior guy i know he played mm. uh, outside uh, vegas defensive end quitty pay uh, miami which this is the surprising aspect running back Najee harris out of bama and then washington offensive tackle christian derrishaw uh what in those picks i know we talked about the uh, Najee harris uh what in those picks kind of you know popped out to you so I think it's Washington taking Christian Darisau. I again they have need that quarterback. Love Alex Smith. The injury factor is always going to be there for him for the rest of his career. Kind of that pick shows me that you know if Washington doesn't take Mac Jones here, or if one of the other quarterbacks doesn't fall, they pick somebody up in free agency. Yeah. So Sam Darnold, Trubisky, um, maybe even Nick Foles, Jacoby Brissett. Washington has an opportunity, especially in the NFC East division that's not very good, to make a run in the playoffs. Get the right quarterback, get a veteran quarterback. That pick right there kind of shows 
they're getting a veteran. They've gotten a veteran quarterback at this point. Yeah, and you know, I'll I'll talk about the the Miami uh, pick quick. Like the Najee mm-hmm. Harris, like Miami has more need. I understand running back is a need for them, but I feel like if Najee Harris gets, I think he can get past the first round into the early second round. Um, but for Miami, they could always trade up in the second round and get mm-hmm. him. I feel like picking him at that spot. It's just too high, I feel, for a running back. Right. I, I, I know the whole running back aspect, and you know you don't see many um, go super high, but um, Najee Harris going that high, I thought was a little interesting. Um, that's just that's just my take on it. Right. But no, I totally see. I mean, he's he's a great player, yeah. but he's not worth going 18th overall. One of my early mocks, I had him going 18th overall, and just the more flow of it, he's going to be available early to middle second round. Other running backs, if he's taken off the board by the time Miami picks, they it's a stretch to take him at the 18th pick, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I agree with you there. Um, then the next couple of picks, Chicago, wide receiver Kadarius Tony, who's raising up a lot of boards, um, especially with the mm-hmm. senior bowl performance and everything and what he can do. Um, Indianapolis, cornerback Greg Newsom II from Northwestern. Uh, the Jets, defensive end Ronnie Perkins, Oklahoma. And then Pittsburgh offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield, Michigan. So the one pick that was surprising here for me, um, which it's not a surprise in the in the fact of the guy's getting a little more cred is Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He's starting to raise up um, mm-hmm. a lot of boards. I know maybe it was even a month ago or so he's he was mocked like in the in the third round and he wasn't really getting much. But if you put the tape on and you watch him and you see what he can do, um, that. That's a pick that the Jets desperately need. They need pass rush help, um, pass rush help, like a lot of pass rush help. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was evident last year watching that defense. But uh, that that pick was a little interesting. And it's it, and I know um, uh, Tom, he said on the, he he liked seeing Perkins up because he's he's high on Perkins. So um, mm-hmm. that was something that we talked about uh, about this pick. But what are your feeling on those those couple of selections there? No, that pick by the Jets is that's phenomenal for them. They had their defensive line was not good last season. They're getting a solid pass rusher in Perkins, who's done good things at Oklahoma. Hopefully, you no know, by then they've they have a new offensive weapon. If it's a quarterback, a wide receiver, now they got to really focus on their defense. I really love that pick. The pick that kind of surprised me and stuck out to me was Kadarius Tony from Florida. I know he's on the he, his stock has been ripped on the rise since um, the Senior Bowl. We played phenomenal. I was just really shocked that they go with him over Rashad Bateman of Minnesota. Um, Bateman, in my opinion, is better than Kent Waddle, in my opinion. Just the way I saw him play, just some of the stats I've been watching. I think he's going to have a better career than Waddle. Could even put the same thing about Devontae Smith. If, any, if you had the opportunity at 20 to pick him up, I think it's a no-brainer, yeah. In my opinion, but who knows with with the Bears sometimes. Yeah. No, but it, that's the one interesting, you know, about this mock draft was Rashad Bateman's not even in it in the first round, which mm-hmm. was very surprising, especially when we get to uh, the next few picks, which you know are some teams that need receiver help. Um, mm-hmm. So we got Jacksonville linebacker Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, uh, Cleveland defensive end Joe Tryon. Uh, Baltimore safety, uh, Trevon Maring, 
and New Orleans quarterback Mac Jones. So I know I told you before we started that Mac Jones was interesting because mm-hmm. it's the, you know, the passing, I don't want to say passing the torch, but the turning of the tide in terms of Drew Brees retiring. And then, yeah, you have Taysom Hill, but what is Taysom Hill? We kind of saw it a little bit last year. I know Jameis Winston may come back, everything like that, but New Orleans needs to go and they need to get a quarterback. They need to build something, you know, they tried the last few years of trying to win now with mm-hmm. Drew Brees and it, it just didn't work. Um, but that was the one that was super interesting, um, you know, and when looking at it and seeing that New Orleans and now, and that was the headline in his mock app was, you know, New Orleans gets, gets their quarterback. So, uh, but for me, that was, that was the interesting one. I definitely can see, even if the Saints re-signed James Winston, they're still going quarterback. Winston's a really good quarterback. I don't think he's a long-term option for New Orleans, though. You know, have the opportunity, kind of what the Packers did, just, you know, their all-time great quarterback is no longer there. But get the quarterback of the future, have him sit for a year or two behind Winston, get ready, and then once it's time, take over for Winston. The one pick that really stuck out to me was 25 for Jacksonville. I get they have a need at linebacker. His logic was, you know, Urban Meyer loves speed on defense and yeah. don't get anyone quicker on defense other than him. But I really think the first round is going to be really focused on getting Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence some new weapons. I know DJ Chark's there. James Robinson is there. Not great, but we know we can improve. I think they're going to take Freyer Moose, the tight end from Penn State. Again, get Trevor Lawrence some more weapons. Just set him up for success in his rookie season. I agree with that. Um, I understand the whole speed aspect and everything um, makes sense. But when there's a player on the board, you need you need to build that offense. You need to build around your quarterback. You have some pieces in place, but you know, Fryermuth. I know he gets like the the baby Gronk and the you know the mm-hmm. comparisons. You know, as a Penn State fan, I watched him play a lot. I saw what he could do, um, and you know, he was outrageous out there he he could do so many things and his size is such a mismatch for defenders so that's the that was i could see that being an interesting pick um now to round out the draft green bay tackled uh trevin jenkins oklahoma state buffalo edge rusher aziz ojalari from georgia uh kansas city center landon dickerson from bama and then tampa bay picking a linebacker nick bolt bolton from missouri so for me is, like I mentioned before, Green Bay not going with a weapon. A Rashad Bateman is sitting out there. And I understand the the uh, the aspect of the receiver class is pretty deep, but when there's a guy on the board that is there for the taking and you need more weapons for your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, you've got to take him. I understand the offensive tackle. I, I understand that, but – you have to take the basically the best receiver available at that mm-hmm. point, which is Bateman, a mismatch. He would fit well in that offense. And to me, that was a little surprising. The others were kind of uh, almost like, you know, fitting because it made, mm-hmm. it made sense. But that one was the biggest one, how Bateman seemed to elude, even a team like Baltimore. He seemed to elude Baltimore, seemed to elude uh, the Packers, and, and he's left off the first round. No, totally. Again, Bateman, 
I, I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't go day one. Teams are going to regret if they don't go day one, especially the Packers. We all know that they just don't like drafting help for Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. he has to go win MVP awards on his own for some reason. So I get, I get, you know, got to protect him. He's old, you know, doesn't have that many years left. But got to buy into him. You need to get him some more weapons. Focus on tackle the in free agency. The yeah. one pick that really kind of shocked me actually was Landon Dickerson, uh, the center from Alabama, going to the Chiefs. Dickerson you know, is recovering from an ACL injury. I don't think he's going to be ready by the time the season starts. You know, especially if they rush him back, which NFL teams and players love to just rush back after injuries. ACL injuries are no joke. I think Dickerson's going to work best in a team that's re- rebuilding. My example in mock drafts I've done, I want the Eagles to take him. Jason Kelsey's not getting much any younger. He's been contemplating retirement for the last year, couple years. Draft Landon Dickerson, have him sit behind Kelsey for a season, let him get fully healthy for a year. Kelsey retires, insert Landon Dickerson. I get he's definitely worth being taken 31st overall. He's one of, if not the best offensive lineman in this draft, but he has an ACL tear in his leg. And again, it's no joke, especially for a lineman whose legs are what makes and breaks a player. You, I cannot see a team taking him in the first round. I won't be shocked if he drops to day three just because yeah. his health issues. Again, he'll be a steal no matter where you get him. But at what cost? The Chiefs are in a win-now scenario. And he's not going to play for the first year, in my opinion. Yeah, and for that, for KC, it's basically it's, it's best player available. That's who you pick mm-hmm. at that spot. Um, but, you know, round out. You know, we went over a little bit, uh, Daniel, J- Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. Um, but the reason that we want to, you know, we broke this down and have you on, Adam, is Kyle Pitts to the Eagles. So you Great wrote an pick. article. We'll just start that. Exactly. So I, I, there's a lot of people all over, you know, the Internet and everything talking about this. And the one thing that they seem to be focused on is, I know where you're going with this. I know exactly Pitts, where you're going with this. Kyle Pitts, a tight end. You can't pick a tight end at six. You can't do that. And and the thing mm-hmm. is, I understand it says tight end, but if you watch him play, it's not a prototypical a wide receiver. Exactly. He's not like a Dallas Goddard or you know, he's not that prototypical tight end. He can line up anywhere. And it proves it's evident. And the thing is, the Eagles quarterback coach is was Florida's offensive coordinator. So there's a lot of familiarity there. And for me, it's if if Jamar Chase is gone, it, then I'm like, okay, take Pitts. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing is if Chase and Pitts are both there, that's where you kind of like, oh, who right. you Pitts? And I I don't want it to be the comparison of how it was Jefferson Rager last year, mm-hmm. but. Pitts is just unbelievable. I'm going to let you kind of take the stage and uh, give your points, um, you know, about the article you wrote, aatbirds.com. If you haven't read it yet, check it out. Um, it's gr- it's absolutely great. Um, and if you want to do go ahead, break yeah. it down a little. 
Yeah, I guess same thing. You also the one thing I actually didn't mention in my article is what if Jamar Chase is there? Um, that is a nightmare scenario. My 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 head just for the because the Howie Roseman has to make a decision, and I don't want Howie Roseman making any tough decisions. <laughs> I want the obvious pick to be there. I know he's not going to go with the obvious pick because we saw that last year, but again, they are two different players. But are both, you know, the top player at their position. I could see. I think Eagles should go Jamar Chase over Kyle Pitts in some scenarios. But when you kind of break down both players, same point. I think Kyle Pitts has the edge. If the Eagles pick Pitts over Chase, I'm not going to sit here and say Howie Roseman should be fired. If Chase goes over Pitts, I'm not going to say Howie Roseman should get fired. I'm going to say Howie Roseman should get fired no matter what. But I think Kyle Pitts just as good as Jamar Chase. Kind of like what you said. Oh, he's a tight end. Take the T and E away from his name next time. Just take the because it says Kyle Pitts T E. Just erase that and put W R, and no one will complain. Not a single person. So, a couple different points I brought up in the article is the first one: Kyle Pitts is an instant upgrade to every single wide receiver on our team. Immediately, especially now that Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are gone, you know, Rieger, you know, battled injuries last year, still has a lot of growing pains. I think Pitts walks into the Eagles locker room first day of training camp and immediately is better than Rieger just from what I've seen on his film. Again, everyone's like, oh, he's a tight end. He only caught the ball 43 times, only had 12 touchdowns. Devontae Smith had 23. Look who. Kyle Pitts' quarterback was Kyle Trask was horrible. I watched a lot of film on Pitts. Pitts would, would double his numbers if he had match on his quarterback. So I get there's always that dyna- that that narrative, but Kyle Pitts would walk into the Eagles locker room day one and be an instant upgrade. So I know there's talk that we need to take a defensive player. That was a lot of the people were telling me we have to focus on our defense. We need to focus on our playmakers. Kyle Pitts is the best playmaker in this draft. Take advantage of it. The yeah, other thing, yeah, go ahead. No, the, you're absolutely right. Playmaker. You want to get, the, you know, how how many fans have been asking for, you know, we want a playmaking receiver. We want someone, and it's just like, oh, they ask for, it, ask for, it, and then when you give them something, they're like, well, it says tight end. I don't want that, and they're not actually fully looking at what he can do and what he has done. The last couple of years. Plus, he's a Philly native, so that's another, another yeah. cool thing. Little little cool tidbit there. Yeah, that was actually one of my other points was Kyle Pitts would be a hometown hero. Is one thing I've noticed about Philly fans. We love our hometown players, even if they're not playing for Philly. Look at Mike Trout anytime he plays in Philadelphia. He gets a standing ovation. He, he plays on the other side of the country. will never play a single play for the Phillies, but everybody loves him. Yeah. Imagine what that would be like if a player from Philadelphia, he won two state championships in high school for Archbishop Wood. Imagine if he comes back to Philadelphia, helps the Eagles win a Super Bowl. What great story that would be. I mean, same thing. If we have two players who are an equal caliber players, one's from the city, you know the fans are going to buy into it. Everyone knows that Howie Roseman has lost all trust in Eagles fan base. This is a great way to... <laughs> Try to get back that trust is getting a player that they're familiar with 
they all love. He brings connections. I'm sure ticket sales would rise if they allow fans next year because I'm sure people are not going to want to after Howie Roseman. But you're getting a hometown player. What more could you really want? It's, you know, the Eagles. Yeah, and, you know, 43 catches, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns, over 17 average in eight games. And also he had no drops. I think it was like 65 targets. Um, hmm. no drops. And the other thing, which is very interesting is when the season starts, he's gonna be 20 years old. He turns 21 yeah. on August or um, October 6th. So he'll be 20 the first, what, three, four weeks of the season, four weeks of the season. So he's super, super young too. It's not like he's an older, not like he's a 23 year old, you know, right. fifth year senior that's coming out. He's, 20 years old so no he's yeah. super super young as well so that's you know he has the he has the, he has the measurables and everything and it kind of sucks mm-hmm. that you know there's no combine to be able to see him actually you know work out run you know all that kind of stuff go through the drills everything like that see his, his quickness and everything um there but it's just he's a, he's a tantalizing prospect you watch right. the film it it opens your eyes even more. If you just see Kyle Pitts tight end, you're like, ah, that, we don't need another tight end. But when you put the you put the film on, and you watch him play, and you watch him, you're like, okay. And like, I had a little bit of a comparison for him. Um, I had a comparison of Vincent Jackson, you know, rest his soul. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's who kind of you know thought you know, a bigger guy. He was six six five, two thirty five or so when he came out um, of Northern Colorado, and Cal Pitts is around the 6'5", 6'6", range, 240, 242, I think, around there. Um, there's nothing exact right now, but it's almost the same build. I know a lot of people said the whole, you know, the catch, like some of his catches and everything measured up to kind of like looking like a Megatron or whatever like that. I'm yeah. not going to go. I'm not going to go that far. But the Vincent Jackson, Vincent Jackson um, could be a, you know, a comparable thing, but the pitch just makes so many plays and you just, just yeah. you, you put him on against in. It's not like he's playing low level competition. He's playing good, you know, good teams playing in the sec. Exactly. I mean, there's no you know, other way to, to say it. He's playing in the sec and he's having incredible success. And there, there, I think it was, uh, I think he actually went up against Sertan and he would he beat him a few times, uh, mm. pretty handily in that. I think it was the sec championship game. Um, but it's just I understand fans and you know what they basically the whole he's a tight end you can't use him why you already have Dallas Goddard and you're getting rid of Ertz you know why are you you know why are you doing that but mm-hmm. it's 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 more to that it's more of the getting the playmaker for your quarterback who you know as it looks right now everything is Jalen Hurts so you get him the playmaker that he can you know spread the ball to. And the other thing was when Jalen Hurts was on Alabama, he targeted OJ Howard a ton and Bama used OJ Howard uh, a number of ways. And someone, you know, brought that up also about Kyle Pitts and how him and Pitts could be how he used uh, OJ Howard at Alabama. But to me, it's, if he's there, Jamar Chase is gone and he's there. I, I, I pulled the trigger. That's just that's just me. Yeah. But no, I mean, totally agree. I mean, he I think is a generational talent. I've not said that about the last time I said that was obviously Saquon a few years ago. 
But before Saquon, I can't really tell you the last time I said generational player. Kyle Pitts is a generational player, in my opinion. You know, I'm watching film on him right now, a couple different things. He makes everybody around him better. He made Kyle Trask look like a good quarterback. There was one play against Texas A&M that was thrown two feet over his head that Kyle Pitts was able to grab because he has such a long reach, and he turned it into 20 yards. He took an incomplete pass and turned it into 20 yards. But again, again, everyone wants because there's a the tight end next to his name. Can't get can't forget about that. He's a tight end. So I started looking at his blocking, and that's apparently his only weakness. And I'm not seeing a weakness in his blocking either. He's you know. He's not a great blocker. He's not an elite blocker, but he's willing to block. And I think that's one of that's a task you can't really teach a player. You can't teach a player to want to do something. He wants to get involved in the play. He wants to dig his feet in. He wants to make blocks. He makes blocks. He helps the runners get a few extra yards. One of Miles Sanders' biggest issues was he never had blocking last season. We got Kyle Pitts. You have a blocker. And you get a player like Kyle Pitts who's as a lead ball catching the strap as anybody, he's willing to block the ball. He's going to be involved in every single play. He's going to be a difference maker in every single play. Even if we're passing, he's going to manipulate the defense. I was watching one play against Missouri, and he lines up as a blocker, but then he takes out in a vertical a vertical run, and the whole defense starts freaking out because they, can't, they have a one-on-one situation with Kyle Pitts, and they know it's game over. Lo and behold, the original play wasn't even meant to supposed to go to him. They had a wide open receiver on the other side of the field, but everyone was so freaked out because Kyle Pitts was one on one that they forgot about the wide open receiver on the other side of the field. Yeah, and that's and that's something that he could do. Now, I understand if if you have a team like you know Carolina or Denver, and there's a quarterback still available, and they want to trade up with you, there's a slight possibility he could be there. Um, at eight or nine, if you were to trade down, um, but it's not a hundred percent, especially if Jamar Chase is gone. You know, Devonte Smith is still there for some teams, so it, it's interesting. But if you're Harry Roseman, are you going to take that risk to possibly trade down and you know draft him at eight or nine and get an extra pick? Mm-hmm. That I, I don't know. Um, to me, that's why there's a lot of. I know there's the whole. You know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, about, you know, the Eagles being interested in a quarterback. And it kind of segues us to, you know, the Eagles traded their starting quarterback of the last five years, Carson Wentz. You know, I don't think that they're going to go quarterback. I, I'll i put it as a – for me, I'm, I'm 100% definite they're not picking a quarterback with this pick because you do that. That's Harry Roseman saying that he was wrong last year to pick Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. in the second round. He doesn't – the Eagles don't say we're wrong, especially when it comes to mm-hmm. draft picks. They try and get, you know, you 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 watch you watch guys Shelton Gibson and Rasul Douglas and all these draft Donnell Pumphrey, all these guys they drafted to try to give JJ Ortega Whiteside. He's the biggest example. He should have been cut last year, and they're still trying to get what they can get out of him. So, for me, I say it's absolutely they're not going to draft a quarterback mm-hmm. in the first round. No. No, definitely not. I don't think they, they they take a quarterback at six. I think it's extremely foolish. I get Jalen Hurts is far from a perfect product. He's not a 
you know, elite quarterback yet. He's 22 years old. He played four games last season. You know, Eagles weren't a good football team last season. Yeah, he went one and three, one and four in the games he played. He played very well for what he was handed to him last year. Played really, really well. You know, he has a new coach. He has, you know, new quarterbacks coach. Uh, Press Taylor was not a good quarterbacks coach. Brian Johnson is a very good quarterbacks coach. Really good offensive-minded person. Really has an opportunity. I think they they got to invest in Jalen Hurts at this point. They You have to. Get back up later in the draft. Undrafted free agents. You can't give up on Jalen Hurts after four games. And four games that he played... Not great, but he didn't play horrible. Didn't play as yeah. bad as Carson. Yeah, and he, and as you see, he's, he's already you know working working at a you know QB takeover or something like that. It's called mm-hmm. with uh, Quincy Avery. He's you know he's really working as craft, which is you know great to see. And you know bringing us back to you know the Wentz trade, what what was your feeling on the compensation aspect of what the Eagles got? So they got a twenty twenty one third round pick. And they got a 2022 second that could turn into a first, um, you know, with 75% of the plays or 70% of the plays and the Colts make the playoffs. So what was your, I know there's a lot of reaction to the trade and the compensation. Uh, what, what was your, you know, reaction on that? I think the Eagles should be happy with what they got. They, especially after the season Carson had, especially whoever was saying that the Eagles want a Matthew Stafford type deal. I'm sure the Colts played hardball, and they had every right to. I think they got – I mean, definitely the player he is, especially after 2017, that great season. He's not – he didn't have a good season. He played horrendous. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in football last year. So I think the Eagles were going to get a first-round pick this year. I just could not see it. If we were to get a first-round pick this year, I was going to be like, we won this trade, Howie Roseman – you know, just fleece the Colts. I've never said that in my life, that Howie Roseman had a good deal like that. I think we got a fair trade out of it. You know, will Carson play 75% of the snaps next year? Big if. You know, not to say he's injury prone, because but he very much well could get hurt week one. He very much well could get benched week 12. I think we got a good deal out of it. Not great. It's not probably what fans wanted, but after the season he had, we should be happy that we got anything for him. Yeah, and there was reports that you know Chicago didn't offer anything. Panthers weren't interested. So if you have a team like the Colts, who are the only really the only ones that are interested, and in, you know their GM is very smart, Chris Ballard knows that he's not going to offer you, you know what you want, two first or a first round mm-hmm. pick and a mid round pick. He's he's not going to do that. So. What you got, and, and that's where I'm. I understand you gave up so much, and I understand that you hoped it was a lot more. But you have to wait and see what this third round pick is. You have to wait and see who 2022, what it turns out to be, because you don't know yet. And the other thing that you know I brought up was the last. I think it was the last three times. So Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and RG3. Last three times teams traded basically a king's ransom to go up and get a quarterback in the top two. And it didn't work out. Didn't work out with RG3. Didn't work out with golf. 
it did work out with Wentz. History tells you it doesn't really work out. I know earlier, you know, years, years and years ago, you know, Vic with the Atlanta and San Diego traded to get Vic. Again, they didn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, he was a little bit, little bit better of a player uh, in terms of his time there, but it just doesn't work out when you give up all that, mm-hmm. all those picks. It just doesn't work out. And history has shown you the last three times, none of those three players are with their teams yet anymore. So no, I mean even, you're right. It's which, trading up for Wentz was a huge mistake. I mean, oh, I, mean, I guess I won't say much huge mistake. Obviously, it just didn't turn out to what you happen. thought it was going to turn yeah. out. He wasn't the long-term franchise quarterback we all thought and hoped. He brought the Super Bowl to Philadelphia in 2017. I get another narrative is Nick Foles won all the games, playoff games. Carson Wentz is part of the reason why. Everyone thought, you know, he's a long-term solution. We found our franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. Obviously, didn't work out. We traded five picks to get him. We're only getting two in return. We're two different time frames. In 2016 and 2021 are two different times. Both franchises, all the franchises involved, there are different parts. You know, I'm happy that, you know, this this whole saga is over from him demanding a trade to Doug Pearson getting fired to him still wanting out to hearing reports that neither of them talked for eight weeks. I'm kind of relieved that this is all over. Eagles can start now focusing on Jalen Hurts. Getting him better, getting him weapons. I think that's the best thing for everybody is just to start looking for the future. Don't talk about what if. What if Carson never tore his ACL? What if there's better play calling? What if, what if? Just focus on the future for right now. Focus on Jalen Hurts. He's the only quarterback on our roster at the moment. Only thing, our only uh, quarterback. We got to focus on him. We got to surround him with weapons. Yeah. And you're 100% right. So, like I said, time will tell when it comes to that. Um, you know, I'll wrap it up a little bit here, but I want to thank you for coming on, uh, discussing a little bit of Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, and then talking to Kyle Pitts um, as a fit for the Eagles. Um, if you haven't, make sure you check out uh, Adam's article on AATBirds.com and check out, there's a lot of good pieces and a lot of good articles on the website. Um, they're pumping out tons of content, so that's great. So make sure you check that out. Um, if you're interested in, in wanting to join uh, the team, you always send uh, any one of us, uh, myself, Phil, uh, Jeff, or Chip, uh, either a message or an email, anything like that. Um, we'll be happy to talk to you. Um, I want to uh, throw out uh, a few people that help support us. Um, the, you know, Athletes Hub, you can follow them at Athletes Hub. Um, and also uh, Statement Games, you can follow them at Statement Games. Um, but like I said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Um, appreciate you guys checking in with us. Uh, I know it's not our normally scheduled time. Um, we will be back next Saturday. Well, this upcoming Saturday. It's not next Saturday. It's upcoming Saturday, uh, <laughs> 9 o'clock. Uh, have something interesting uh, we're going to kind of put together. Um, not 100% sure yet if we want to go with it, uh, but that'll probably be out either Monday or Tuesday, what we're going to be doing. Um, 
But like I said, Adam, I want to thank you. You can follow Adam at AAMAC1234. Um, be sure to check him out. He puts out great content. Um, and anything, any pardon words, anything you want to say? Get on the Kyle Pitts train. Get on it now while, while you still can. But thanks for having me. A lot of fun. Super excited to write for you guys. And go Birds. Go Birds.